Welcome to another weekday edition of the Weekend Rotation. I got myself and Alex here. Uh, we're going to break down the 16 regionals we just witnessed, and we're going to break into the eight Super Regionals. How are we doing today, Alex? Doing good, man. Looking forward to another great weekend. Last weekend was absolutely nuts. It was just, uh, man, one of the greatest weekends of college baseball in recent memory, and I can't wait to see it happen again this weekend. Yeah, I can't remember having that many good games. Like there were some regionals that were blowouts, and we'll talk about those. But there were some really good ones, and going all the way into Monday. I mean, we had so many games on Monday that I don't remember a Monday being like that for college baseball in a long time. So I was really yeah, excited. Yeah, I mean, they were the most. That that was the most winner take all games since this format started. Yeah, that just tells you that college baseball has leveled out. The talent is out there. There's a lot more talented teams out there. A lot of fun to watch those. Uh, well, let's get right into it here. Tennessee, number one, they took care of business down there. Uh, they had a couple of good games with Campbell and Georgia Tech. What do you see from Tennessee moving forward here, Alex? I mean, they are who we thought they were. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just they continue to mash. They continue to deal on the mound. I mean, it's, it's hard to pick them. I mean, I, I have – Honestly, I did not pick them to win. I mean, I picked them to win the regionals and the super regionals and get to Omaha, but I did not, I have not picked them to win the national championship. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's certainly hard to defend that pick right now. <laughs> it's hard looking at it going, okay, Campbell got to Chase Dollander and it still wasn't enough. They still couldn't come away with that win there. You know, Tennessee's got the four starters they can go to at any time. They got relievers and Kirby. And then they go hit the ball, and they just put pressure on your starters. So if you don't have a whole setup there, I don't think that teams are going to be ready for it. But, you know, they took care of business. Not surprising. Uh, number two here with the Stanford. That was more surprising. Texas State took it to them the first game. And then they somehow come back late at night to end the very cap off of regionals. Alex, I don't know if you were watching that game, but just tell me. how. I mean, that was crazy if you wake up to see Stanford won that game. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I did not watch that game live because I was licking my wounds from the uh, Hattiesburg Regional, which we'll get to. But um, <laughs> I did go back and watch the uh, watch the highlights afterwards, and man, that's a that was a crazy game. I mean, I was I, I'm so impressed with Texas State. <laughs> that Texas State team hung, and they did everything we asked them to do all season. Uh, I know we had them ranked in our poll basically from week two on. And they were a great team. They battled. They battled. They had their ace on the mound. They were trying to do what Oregon State did, trying to battle that out with your ace at the end of the game. Stanford is down three to one after giving up a two-run single in the top of the ninth. Back-to-back -back solo home runs, and then walking off with a freshman who had that was his thirteenth at bat of the season, oh and he God. comes out and drives in a single. I mean, Man. Stanford feels like a team of destiny at this point after that coming back. Uh, just crazy though to come back and beat that great Texas State team. Hats off Texas State. Good all season. It was good to see them compete there and really prove that they do belong. This is not a fluke. This is not a fluke season. They're where they need to be. Same with Campbell in that Tennessee series. I thought that they did. They hung on. They showed that they belong too. Campbell was impressive in that series. Yeah. Speaking of the next one, Oregon State beats Vandy and uh, you know Vandy took one from them and then the Oregon State had to come back and win on Monday. In a nail biter, seven six game. Both teams really didn't play great defense. Uh, I know you were deep in your game at that time, but what did you see from that Vandy Oregon State series that made you just excited? I mean, you know, Vandy. No one thought Vandy was going to go away quietly. No. I mean, they were having a down year for sure, but they're still Vandy. That's still a Tim Corbin coach team, and our Tim Corbin is arguably the best coach in the game right now. And so there was no way they were not going to be prepared to play that game. And they were. Yeah. And they they took Oregon State to the wire. And, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, Bazana and Melton and those guys were able to scratch enough runs. And Jerpy was able to hold them down just long enough. Yeah. Having Jerpy come in and close out that eighth and ninth inning and get five strikeouts out of seven batters. And the only ball that was put in play was a little dribbler to him. Uh, you know, taking my, my, my takeaway from that Bradfield jr. Was unbelievable in the outfield. He stole multiple extra base hits, which, you know, we just don't see that in the pack 12 from outfielders. They're good, but they're not that fast. They're not that good out there. Uh, and then Spencer Jones, man, that kid just raked all weekend. He was player of the regional 100% deserved. 
he showed up after that first game. He went over three against Mounts uh, from San Diego, and then he showed up the rest of the tournament and just crushed the ball. Hats off to Vandy. They were nice. Uh, no Vandy Whistler, so that was good. <laughs> but I will say that the Vandy fans uh, that Monday were spectacular. They wanted to talk baseball. They wanted to be into it. And then they cleaned up their whole mess. They, their whole section was more clean than the rest of Goss. So hats off. Thanks for them coming out. Glad Oregon State moved on. Uh, <laughs> looking at the next one, Vatek beats Columbia twice. I mean, that really did never feel anything in trouble there. Uh, what did you see from that Vatek offense? I mean, they just, again, like Tennessee, right? They are who we thought they were. They just rake. That's just what they do. And they put up a bunch of runs. And, you know, they're just kind of a machine right now. Yeah, and I feel like that's, you know, bringing out the sledgehammer and they had the home run sledgehammer. Uh, Jake said that they went and bought three more, so they're all ready to go here for the Supers. <laughs> uh, those guys are big, strong, they're physical. They've had timely pitching, but that offense is really what drives them. I think that's why a lot of people had them anywhere from two to four in the regional host. So good to see them just go out and crush. And, you know, that was probably one of the easier regionals when you looked at the teams there and the inexperience going in. So good of Columbia to get there, but it was all Vautech. A and M beats up uh, TCU to win that one. It was a close game, but it was A and M for that whole regional. You know, I gotta say, coach of the year in my opinion down there, Jim Schlossnagel. That's that's crazy to go down there at Texas A and M and make that turnaround. Uh, what do you got for us down there, Alex? Yeah, I mean Schloss has done an incredible job. He didn't win SEC Coach of the Year. That went to Tony Vitello. Yeah, and I get why you picked Tony Vitello, but man. That coach in his first year to turn a team that was the bottom of the barrel of the SEC last year and to turn them into a top eight seed in a super regional, like it's that's incredible. And those those guys, they play hard, they don't quit, and they've they've got some real talent. Yeah, they make mistakes and they just go to right through it. It doesn't matter. You know, they make an error here. Okay, well, I'm going to come out and hit a double the next time I'm up. So they really doesn't seem to bother them in the big moments. It doesn't seem to bother them when they make mistakes. Again, I think he should be up for national coach of the year with that turnaround. Tennessee was good last year, so this doesn't surprise anybody that they're great this year. Texas A&M, one, getting into the SEC tournament was huge. And then being to the position where they were national hosts, Incredible for them. So I look forward to seeing this next series with Louisville going forward. Uh, number six, Miami, the frauds, as uh, Noah <laughs> would say it. I, I defended Miami all year. Ole Miss made that look like a walk in the park there. I was shocked by how well Ole Miss played. Uh, give a little bit of uh, Southern Miss a little scare here, what do you think, with that Ole Miss offense coming alive? I mean, Ole Miss is playing as well as anybody in, in the tournament right now. And – they are a dangerous team. And they were, I mean, there's a reason they were ranked number one in the country earlier in the season. Now they had some issues figuring out their starting rotation and that hurt them a lot. They lost a lot of, you know, some, so a lot of games they shouldn't have lost, but I mean, there's not really a team except maybe ECU that's been hotter than Ole Miss yeah. to close out the season. Like it's, they swept LSU, you know, they played well in the SEC tournament. I mean, they that's a really good team. They're starting, they've got their pitching figured out, and that lineup is as good a lineup as you'll find anywhere in the country. Tim Elko and company really look like they are the part. You know, I hate to say it's for Mississippi State fans. Ole Miss kind of feels a little bit like Mississippi State did at the end of last year, where they got rolling really hot. They're coming into this thing ready to go. Now I know they weren't as high ranked as Mississippi State was. That Ole Miss team is hot. They're, they're tough. I do not want to play them right now if I'm anybody in the country, let alone in-state rival, little boys, uh, Southern Miss. So we'll talk about that one here in a little bit. But Ole Miss is hot. Look out. Uh, Arkansas beats Oklahoma State in what was just offensive slugfest. Oh, my <laughs> God. That regional was absolutely nuts. <laughs> like, There's so much pitching. Man. I thought that was a football tournament. Yeah, well, the Oklahoma State game against uh, Missouri State—they had more points in the football game this year. So yeah. there was more runs scored than points in the football game, which was just insane. Uh, hats off to Oklahoma State and that coaching staff—they were great. But it feels like Arkansas is getting right. Uh, we know Van Horn had some health issues and some scares, and I think that kind of made them not ready for the SEC tournament. What do you see from Arkansas moving forward here? You know, that's just a really 
a really good team. They're not a great team. No. They're not I don't think they're as good as they were last year. But they've figured it they're figuring it out here at the end of the season as Dave Van Hoor teams always do and they are a really good team and they are a dangerous team. They can beat anybody. They can beat anyone in this tournament. Yeah. And uh, that includes Tennessee. They can beat Tennessee. I'm not saying I'm not predicting that they will or anything, but I'm just saying they can. Yeah. And um, they've got some really good pitchers. I mean, um, they're but they're young. Their pitchers are young. Yeah. With the exception of uh, Connor Nolan, the rest of their pitching staff is pretty young. Um, but they've got a lot of veteran guys, you know, position players, guys like Caden Wallace and um, Bob Moore and all you know those guys. Um, Michael Turner has been huge for them, you know, but that's a dangerous team. Don't, don't take them lightly. Yeah. I was going to say Moore and Wallace kind of lead this team to where they're going. And those young arms seem to be doing enough. Like they're keeping them in ball games and they're setting their guys up for a chance to win these games. And the offense has been enough to win these games. Uh, really excited to see Caden Wallace and big, big Bob. there getting forward here. Uh, ECU, the hottest team in the country. They lost one to coastal. But then they just came back out the next day and they just, nope, we're going to a Supers. We're, we're taking this team on. Uh, what do you see from ECU there moving forward here? I mean, I was pretty vocal when we were talking this regional preview about how I thought they were frauds. They weren't going to get out of their own regional. I took Virginia. Then, <laughs> yeah, I did too. Like, I thought for sure Virginia was going to win that regional. Yeah. And they didn't even make it to the final. I mean, it was Coastal Carolina and ECU. And, you know, maybe – I gotta, I gotta change my opinion about ECU. I mean, Cliff Godwin's a, a good coach. Yeah, he is a really good coach, and he's got his his team playing their best ball at the end of the season, which is exactly what you want. And you know, their team, you know, kind of like Arkansas, they're not a great team, but they are a really good team, and they can, if you you know don't come correct to play against ECU, you know, they're gonna beat you. You know, I think I think Texas wins this regional. Uh, just because I think, you know, Ivan Melendez and Murphy Staley and Faltini. And then, you know, I know Texas pitching staff hasn't been great, but they've got, they've got two really good pitchers. You know, they're two starter They're um, Pete Hansen. And uh, I can't remember the other guy's name right now, but, uh, but they're really good. And so they can, I think Texas wins the super regional, but it's going to be an electric atmosphere. The That jungle is nuts. Those, ECU fans are that's, that, that's what I was going to say, is that down there, ECU, East Carolina is nuts. 5,600 fans, and they were going absolutely bonkers during that Coastal game. They are supporting this team. They mm. want them to be there. I am not going to say anything about that series yet. We'll get into it. But I think that the <laughs> fans of ECU are going to make a huge difference. I think that that is what has been driving this team you know, from an underdog four weeks ago to the eight national seed and getting a host of Supers. Great job coaching. Great job getting those guys continuing to stay on what the path was. Um, just just incredible, really. And then taking care of business against Coastal has got to feel good down there. Like you said, Texas, they had to play the four-seed Air Force twice. Not really a fair matchup for Air Force. Great job by the Service Academy to come out and just battle through all those. Texas looked like they should be the nine-seeder higher. Uh, what, I mean, I, we've all said Ivan Melinda should win the golden spikes award. He has been great for that offense, but they have so many more offensive weapons. That's really tough. Texas going forward. Do you think it's all offense going into the, trying to make the push to Omaha? I mean, that's, that's what they got to hang their hat on. I mean, they've got enough pitching. They don't have great pitching, but they've got enough pitching. Um, and yeah, just, uh, Melendez and Staley and those guys just got a, they got a mash, yeah. Um, and they can do it to get to Omaha. Now I, they're gonna they're gonna have you know if they do get through ECU and get to Omaha, they're gonna have issues in Omaha, and I don't <laughs> think they're gonna go deep in Omaha, but they can get there. Yeah, pitching is what's gonna be tough for them. When Hanson wins that game on Friday here, I believe. Let's see. Well, we'll get into that here in a little bit, but yeah, Texas is one of the Friday games, so I'm looking forward to watching that one. But, yeah, it's it's going to be the offense that keeps them going. Uh, Melendez keeps stepping up. He's got 30 home runs, which is just outrageous. He could get to 33. I'd love to see it. I hope he gets there. Uh, but he's at 30 now, so we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, North Carolina, you know, they struggled in one game against VCU. 
came all the way back. North Carolina wins their regional. What do you see from this North Carolina team? I mean, that's just they're they're a, another really good team that's hot at the right time, and I think they make it. I mean, you know, they 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 were pushed by VCU for sure, but they proved that they're the better team, and they definitely deserve to be where they're at. Yeah, they're scrappy. They're tough. They have way, mm-hmm. maybe the best outfielder not named Bradfield Jr. in the country out there in center field. <laughs> uh, but they're tough. That, they're uh, that kid from ECU might uh, – or not ECU. Yeah, ECU. Uh, was named Worley, who had like a couple of web gems, like just Superman catches. Might uh, might have something to say about that, though. He, uh, I'll take I'll take. Uh, oh God, I'm blanking on his name. The center fielder for North Carolina. But they're they're talented. They have pitching. They're doing everything they need to do on the offensive side. I mean, uh, Honeycutt, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think that they are athletic. I think that they're playing the part right now. They're going to get a host Arkansas. We'll talk about that. But yeah, I think North Carolina for backing into the tournament and then winning the ACC tournament, I think that that helped them. I think they're on a roll now. Ever since they retired Fox's number, now all of a sudden they're on fire. So <laughs> maybe this is their push like 06, 07 all over again. Uh, looking at the next one, 11. This one I know hurts you. USM beats LSU. Great games. What do you got for me, Alex? I mean, that was that whole regional was just incredible. I mean, you know, you look at the comebacks that LSU made, you know, down 11 4 to Kennesaw State, scored 10 runs in the eight in the bottom of the eighth to win at 14 11. I and then they're down eight to four to Southern Miss the next day and come back in the ninth in, in the bottom of the ninth inning to tie it and win it in, in the bottom of the tenth. Um, but they just they ran out of magic. Uh yeah. and uh Southern Miss, their pitching staff is absolutely loaded. Yeah. Their pitching staff is unbelievably good. 2.95 team ERA from those. I mean, that is crazy. Those starters are outstanding. Uh Tanner Hall is everything that you want from a Friday night starter. He's up there with the Cooper Jerpies of the world where you're like, okay, this is the guy, Chase Dollander. He's he's outstanding for USM. I think moving forward, that's what their whole thing is about is can they pitch, you know, uh, they do get a host, which is huge for them against Ole Miss, which we'll talk about, but tough loss for LSU. I know I had LSU in my Omaha eight because I had them winning this one and go on and beating either Arizona or Ole Miss. So it was tough, but I think that USM proved again that the small, the small guys do belong here and they have been Mm -hmm. battling and they deserve their 11 seed. They took it to LSU, and they just never let off the pressure. LSU kept bouncing back, putting pressure back on them and scoring runs, and it just wasn't enough come Monday. So tough loss yep. for LSU, but and, great battle. But how about P. Taylor Park, man? That oh. place was electric all weekend. Whether it's Southern cool. Miss was playing or not, there was yeah. the, stands, the stands were packed, fans were in it, and it was fun. Yeah, and you saw that they, they had tailgating. They had fans out there ready from the freaking beginning of the day. They were yeah. all out there ready to party. They had, I yeah. think they had 6,400, 6,500 fans packed in there somehow. Yeah, uh, well, and then they had all kinds of people in the woods out, out in the outfield. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw, but after the game uh, uh, on Monday night, you know, all of the USM players ran to the outfield fence and were jumping over the outfield fence and <laughs> celebrating with the fans out there, like, it it felt like a college baseball game. It felt like the college baseball atmosphere that we've been looking for all year. It really mm-hmm. was terrific to see that kind of, you know, a lot of these stadiums feel like minor league stadiums now. That felt like a college atmosphere. So did ECU. It was really exciting to see those two programs move forward on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisville, team that we love watching, may not love their uniform combinations. They had to come all <laughs> the way back against Michigan. Michigan kind of got screwed in that by some umpiring and some bad decisions. Moving forward, do you think Louisville has enough on both sides of the ball? I mean, yeah, I mean they they certainly won in controversial fashion. It was, um, was if we have replay and we see it's right right in front of us, how are we not getting these calls right? I know there was some in the Oregon State series with Vandy. I know that there was some in the Louisville with Michigan. There was some really bad ones across the country. Uh, there was one in Maryland too with the Maryland. the runner at first base. Yeah, yeah. man. Like, we have the replay. We're seeing these calls. How are we still getting them that wrong? I don't understand. But, you know, it did screw but, Michigan, I thought. It put them in a chance to where they, they didn't get the chance to win like they should have had a chance in the next inning. But 
moving forward, Louisville, they did enough. Uh, they looked on fire on that Sunday night to come back out and score a ton of runs. Is Louisville going to have to do it with the arms or with the with the sticks this weekend? Uh, I think they're going to have to do it with the sticks. I mean, you know, A&M, you know, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more later, but, you know, A&M rakes yeah. and A&M's pitching staff is kind of – their bullpen is kind of their Achilles heel. So yeah. that's what uh, Louisville's going to have to try and take advantage of. Yeah, Louisville did it all with the bats. Again, I think that they hit their way out of this weekend. They really did not pitch very well. When you look at all the numbers, they really didn't get outs. They didn't play particularly great defense, but they hit themselves into it. And, you know, sometimes that's what you have to do in these when you battle in. Uh, At least you get to be at home. They got to be at home for that one, and that won the battle for them. Oklahoma outlast Florida. That's what I wrote down here. It was a battle. Oklahoma looked like the better team. Florida tried to kind of battle with them. I think a lot of us didn't have Florida pegged as a good national seed, and this was kind of when we all picked on Oklahoma. Oklahoma moves forward. Were you surprised, Alex? No. Uh, Oklahoma was the better team. They should have been a host. Um, I mean, you know, they came out in the first game of that regional and scored 20 runs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, they, uh, they're they a team on a mission. Yeah. I, I believe them not hosting fired them up and got them moving into this weekend. Uh, they have a good pitching staff. They have everything you're looking for. They got a bullpen. They have enough offense. I was really excited to see them beat Florida uh, and take that one to them. And, you know, even though a 5-4 game, it kind of just – and it was delayed with the weather and everything. Glad to see Oklahoma move forward. I want to see what they're going to do this weekend here. But Oklahoma deserved it. They deserved to host. Uh, speaking of another team that deserved to host that we didn't actually think deserved to host was Auburn. Boy, did they just steamroll and just show everybody that we were definitely wrong on that Auburn team. This Auburn team hasn't hit like this in six weeks. They showed up and they started hitting at their home ballpark. Do you think, Alex, it was from being at their home ballpark? Do you think it was being angry, combination of the two, or do you think this team can actually hit like that all the time? Well, they can certainly hit. Um, you know, I think being at home really helped them. You know, Sonny Deshara is one of the best hitters in college baseball. I mean, he's right up there with, you know, Ivan Melendez, you know, Jacob Berry, Dylan Cruz, you know, some of the best, the best Tim Elko, you know, whoever you want to say, like name a hitter and, and Sonny Deshara is right up there with all of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, this team, I think they, they fed off that energy. I think about where everybody was saying, oh, you don't deserve to host. I'm sure that. I'm sure that was all over their bulletin boards in the locker room. And, you know, they they definitely felt like they came out with something to prove, and they did. Yeah, I mean, they beat Southeast Louisiana, and then they go and they beat Florida State in the winner's bracket side. UCLA battles all the way back to face them, and it just never really felt like any of those teams were ever even on the same playing field with them. Uh, They outscored everybody 51-18 to over the weekend, so they didn't pitch terrific. But when you're scoring 51 runs in three games, you're not really too worried about it. Scoring, averaging 17 runs a game. Uh, they hadn't done that in a very long time. Like I said, about six weeks ago was the last time they were hitting like this. Uh, Auburn is moving forward, though. They, they proved they belong here. They got to another super. They really want to make another trip to Omaha. They've only been there once since 1996, uh, and that was in 2019. They want to go back. They went 0-2 in 2019. They want to go back. UConn, a team that I personally pushed down the stairs and left them for dead. Uh, goes out and beats Maryland coming back. Two teams that I really didn't care for. I took Wake Forest in this regional. I don't know about you, Alex. What did you see from that UConn team just being able to battle back against Maryland? Yeah, I mean, I, I took Wake Forest in this regional too. Um, yeah, I mean, had t- tip of the hat to them, man. You know, they they just came out and showed a ton of fight, a ton of heart. And it's just they're they're a veteran team. It's kind of what you've seen a lot in college baseball right now, where you have all of these guys who got an extra COVID year, and you've got the bigger rosters, and you know a lot of these teams are that are sticking around are the veteran teams, the guys that have, um, you know, those those guys that have been here and done that, and it's the same with this UConn team. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to is that I think that the COVID year helped them. I think that they built that roster up and they held on to those guys, those, you know, holding on to the super seniors and getting that veteran leadership in there. A lot of people didn't love them in this regional. They, a lot of people picked Wake. 
UConn came out and showed that it can bowl. You know, they battled mm-hmm. offensively with everybody here. They did everything that they could. Um, and so, yeah, the, the win there is big coming in and beating uh, Maryland. Maryland had two ace pitchers, but by, you know, Monday, they were out of pitching also. So then it came down to hitting, and UConn just looked the part better hitters. So they showed up big for UConn. Congratulations, moving on to a Supers. Uh, 16, Georgia Southern. Didn't really feel like they were ever in this regional with Notre Dame and Texas Tech. Uh, both those clubs definitely felt a step above Georgia Southern. Notre Dame moves on, which I'm disappointed in. Uh, Alex, what did you see from this Notre Dame team? I mean, this regional pretty much went like I expected it to go. I mean, Notre Dame came out, took control of the regional, and never really let go. And, I mean, I thought it was a joke that Georgia Southern was hosting. and you know, I guess the committee wanted to say, hey, look at what we did. We gave Georgia Southern their first regional. Yay. But yeah. come on, like, let's let's give it to somebody that maybe really deserved it. You know, like like a Notre Dame, like Notre Dame. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think we're all on that page. Notre Dame came out. They pitched. They showed up with pitching. Uh, they did everything that they were supposed to do. They held Texas Tech to three runs in the two games that they met. They beat up on Georgia Southern. Like Notre Dame looked like the team that should have been the 16 seed at least. And they took care of business. So nobody really should have been surprised by this. I think it was nice to have Georgia Southern host. Bad that the weather kind of delayed some of those games and kind of made it rough for them. But the pitching in Notre Dame was just too much. So they really took care of business down there. Um, All right. So that's all the 16 regionals here. Let's talk supers, Alex. Let's get into this here. First one here, Friday night, we're going to get Tennessee and Notre Dame. I'm going to ask you, does Notre Dame's pitching, is that going to be enough to keep them in this series? I think it'll be enough to keep them in the series. They will make the series interesting. I do think they win one game. I think this goes to a game three. I think Notre Dame takes one game. I don't know if it'll be game one or game two. Um, I'm kind of leaning probably more towards game one. And then Tennessee with their backs against the wall – you know, just come out and just mash the next two week, the next two games. Kind of how I see this, uh, this one going. Um, I mean, I know Tennessee's pitching has, is great, but people have been getting to Chase Dolander here recently. Yeah. Um, I mean, LSU got to him in the SEC tournament. You know, they got to him. Uh, Campbell, or I can't remember who it was, got to him in the regionals. Campbell. Um, yep. Yeah, and. So he's he's he feels vulnerable right now, and it feels like Notre Dame could maybe steal game one. It does feel like that Tennessee pitching staff is hittable for the first time it has been all year. Mm-hmm. It feels like teams are going in there and they're sitting fastball and they're reacting to breaking ball versus just trying to figure out how to hit those guys because they all have great breaking balls, but they weren't really getting the calls on strikes a lot in the upper in the zone. So a lot of those curveballs up in the zone were not being called strikes over the regional. I think that really hurt them. Uh, I do think that they do sweep. I'm going to take Tennessee to go 2-0 here. Mm-hmm. I think it's just too much on the offensive side. And being at home, that ballpark, for being as it was versus Campbell and uh, Georgia Tech, that ballpark was nuts. They were just bonkers ready for baseball. So I am going to take Tennessee. I think that they win the first two there. I think it's just too much offense. Not just my Notre Dame hate, Alex. I know I see you looking <laughs> like this. Not just my Notre Dame hate. Uh, sorry, Notre Dame fans. I know you guys are out there watching and just rooting for me to fall over one of these days. Uh, and I think Tennessee is just too much at that home ballpark. I think Vitello's got these guys going. I think they go back to Omaha. I think this is how they make the trip back to Omaha. Going with that, do you think Tennessee has enough offense to really beat up these pitchers for Notre Dame? Looking at the other side of the coin, I asked you about their pitching. What about Tennessee's offense? Yes, they have enough. <laughs> I mean, Trey Lipscomb, you know, uh, Drew Gilbert, Luke Lipsius, like those guys, yes, they absolutely have enough offense. And especially in that tiny little ballpark that they play in, um, there's going to be maybe not as many home runs as last weekend, but there's going to be plenty of home runs. Um, and it's going to be a wild atmosphere for sure. Yeah, I think the ball flying out of that ballpark definitely hurts Notre Dame more than it helps them. Uh, I think that just leans all towards Tennessee moving on to Omaha here. So, um, so, so you're taking Tennessee though in three? Yeah, I'm taking Tennessee in three. Um, okay. We got a uh, 
quick, uh, you know, uh, question here. So what are your thoughts, Mark, on uh, Goss being quiet when Beavers were down? Do you feel that while we were there? It was it was tough. You know, I was there all weekend. I watched every game except for the morning San Diego and uh, Vanderbilt game. I I was really surprised Goss Stadium gets a little quiet when the Beavers get down and they're not hitting well or not making the plays on defense. You know, call starts to go their way. It got really silent there, and I was really upset internally by the fans around me even going, oh, we're down. We have no chance of winning. Why is Vanderbilt here? They should have been hosting. I'm like, no, you guys don't know anything. So I set them all straight. <laughs> I said <laughs> Vanderbilt deserve to be a two seed. They're where they're supposed to be. Oregon State still can win. And I was telling people even all the way through Sunday night, Oregon State can win this game on Monday. You guys being down for this is no reason at all. Luckily, Monday, Boyd hits the home run in the bottom of the first and it really gets the Beavers going. And then the fans were in it the rest of the day. But it was really disruptive and sad to see that the Goss Stadium and Beaver Faithful were down. I expect more out of Beaver fans. I expect them to be up this weekend. It's going to be a tough series. Don't get too hard on yourselves. Don't get too hard on this team when they get down. Stay up. Stay positive. That's what I would say. Beaver fans, Mark's calling you out. He's calling you soft. Hard. I did it. I did it on my tweets, too, during the game. I was like, people, this is not over. Get into these games here. So. <laughs> I will say that Monday the fans poured in. The fans that were there were outrageously great. It was so good to see the positive energy back in that stadium. Uh, I feel like we got rid of a lot of the casual fans that really didn't know what was going on. Beaver fans were back. I expect them to show up in full numbers here on Saturday. Uh, speaking of another Saturday game, Stanford and UConn. I don't know if UConn can hang with this Stanford team. Now, Stanford didn't look particularly great this weekend at the Sunken Diamond. I think Stanford's too much. What do you think on this one, Alex? Yeah, you know, I uh, I think Stanford's got it. You know, I think UConn is a good story, um, but the Stanford team just has too much talent. Yeah, I mean, UConn's a good team, but Stanford's a great team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Stanford has hitters one through seven in the lineup. Or <laughs> There's seven and eight hitters went back-to-back solo jobs to get them a chance to be here, you know, and their nine hitter, he he went 10 of 11 over the weekend. I I don't see a way that Stanford fails like they failed this weekend. I think that this was a wake-up for them. I think I, they come out offensively and they just knock the doors off of UConn. UConn's going to have to do something special to stay in this one. I don't see it happening at the Sunken Diamond. It's not a great atmosphere for fans. It's not great down there. Uh, they did have some students show up to the game late on Monday night, but their fans really don't show up in droves like other Pac-12 stands do. So I would expect to see more from Stanford this weekend, but I still think it's all Stanford on the baseball side, even if their fans don't show up. I think that they're they're going back to Omaha, and they're going to be one of the favorites down there. Well, I think the lack of students, you know, at least from a student's perspective, can be kind of excused for last weekend because Stanford had final exams last yeah. week so yeah. we, were, we were doing that all the pac 12 yeah a lot of our schools here are on the quarter system so there was finals mm. for a lot of these teams here so that was tough uh, you know and playing through it is tough those guys have to play through it and they have finals and you know you're at stanford this is yeah. not like going to uh another school i'm not gonna insert any schools and hurt their feelings washington State. <laughs> but they're it's not exactly the toughest academically we're looking at stanford that's tough so i mean maybe that had to some do with some of the disruptions and not great baseball play too is because they were going through those finals so you're right Alex I will give them a pass as long as those fans show up this weekend ready to support this Stanford Cardinal team uh speaking of support your team Oregon State and Auburn another Saturday night game here at Goss it's going to be the late it's the seven o'clock game I really believe that Oregon State I looking at the numbers I was surprised to see that Oregon State actually ha- holds more of the offensive numbers against Auburn. I thought Auburn was way better offensively until you break down the numbers. And they just got a couple good bats there. Is Sonny D enough, though, to bring the power and bring uh, enough offense to beat this Oregon State pitching staff? Uh, not in a three-game series. You know, they might be able to steal one. Yeah. You know, Auburn has pretty good pitching. Not great pitching, but they're pretty good. They have a really good closer. So if they have a lead late, uh, you know, they can they can slam the door and hold that lead. Um, but I don't, you know, depending on how much they have to use their closer, 
you know, it's probably not going to, you know, one back into the, you know, back into the bullpen arm is not going to be enough. Um, yeah. And, you know, the way Goss plays, it sometimes tends to be a, a bit of a, of a pitcher's park, which yeah. does not bode well for, um, for the Auburn Tigers. So, you know, I, I think, honestly, I think Oregon state sweeps this series. I think they go two and O and they make, you know, they go straight to Omaha. Tug it at my heartstrings here, Alex. Uh, I hope that that's how we look at it. I Looking at Auburn, they were not good on the road this year. They really hit much, much better at home than they hit on the road. It wasn't even really close. Um, bigger ballpark. They struggled in the SEC tournament because of a bigger ballpark. Uh, Goss is a big ballpark. It's definitely a pitcher-friendly ballpark. I want to see if Auburn is going to go Gonzalez on Saturday night versus Cooper, or if they're going to hold him back to go Sunday and try to have him pitch against uh, Kamats or Finnings just to play the matchup there. Cause I mean, going up against Cooper Jerpy, he's obviously is one of the three finalists for the golden spikes award winner. And you saw what he did to that Vandy lineup of, you know, great hitters. He got five of seven strikeouts. I, I to me, I think that they go Gonzalez another day. But do you think they go head to head with Gonzalez versus Jerpy there? I think they do. I don't think they're going to be scared of Cooper Jerpy. Okay. I think they're going to they're going to give him their best shot. They're not going to, you know, they Cooper Jerpy is probably going to be the national pitcher of the year. I um, mean, he's a Golden Spikes finalist. He's a really good pitcher. Um, and he's I mean, he's the best pitcher in college baseball right now. Yeah, he um, has the most strikeouts now with 155, which is crazy. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's an insane number of strikeouts. Uh, but you know, I, Auburn's not going to be scared of that. They're going to pitch their their guy. I mean, you know, they're they went through a 10 game, you know, 30 30 game SEC schedule against other really good arms. Uh, now the SEC pitching was kind of down this year, a lot of injuries, but they're they're not going to be scared. Okay. No, I'm excited for this one. I was just surprised to see that the offensive stats for Auburn were they only beat they only lead Oregon State in home runs and uh, slugging percentage, and the slugging percentage is by .04, so it's really mm-hmm. not by much. I thought it was going to be more the offense versus defense, but the stats say it's about equal there. So I'm I'm really excited to see this one. Uh, I'm hoping Oregon State. I'm taking Oregon State. Uh, I'm taking Oregon State in three. I do think Auburn steals the game. I don't know. I don't think it'll be against Cooper. I think it'll be the second game. But I am taking Oregon State in this one. All right. Vatek and Oklahoma Friday. To me, this is the second best series. This one I'm very excited for. I want to see if Oklahoma can keep this momentum going and if they if anybody can slow down Vatek's offense. Do you think that Vatek or Oklahoma has the momentum going into this one, Alex? I mean, they both got a ton of momentum coming into this one. Yeah. It- I feel like this one and then the Southern Miss Super Regional are the hardest to pick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's almost a coin flip, honestly, for me. <laughs> it like, really is. It's, I think Oklahoma wins game one behind, you know, their ace, Jake Bennett. Um, but, I, you know, as far as what happens game two or game three, who knows? I mean yeah. – the, the score, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the final score of game two was like 20 to 19. <laughs> and then Sunday, you know, for the, the rubber match, they come out and the score is like three to two. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was looking at this and I just kept looking at the numbers. And go, okay, if Bennett can hold Vatek to four or less in seven innings, that's when they have a chance on winning that that game. Uh, they play Friday as well. I'm excited to see that one. I think that Vatek has too much offense and being in Blacksburg and having that super regional there. I think it's going to mean a big deal for that Vatek program. I do love the matchup, though. I think that it's outstanding, and I really want to watch that Friday night game, so I'm glad the Beavers don't play Friday, so I get to watch that one. Uh, I am taking Vatek, though. I believe that they do have more firepower on the offensive side. I think that this is their push to go to Omaha. I think that they are fired up and ready to go. I know Jake McKeever is really excited for this one. Uh, I'm sure he's rooting that I'm picking Vatek actually here, but I'm taking Vatek. You got uh, who you got, Alex? Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go Vatek too, simply just because it's in Blacksburg. Yeah, I, 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 
I think that's a deciding I mean, factor. I really do. Yeah. Like these two teams evenly matched across the board. I think that they both have enough offense. They both, they both have enough, a little bit of pitching, but I think it's offense that drives both these teams. And I'm really excited to see, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Oklahoma comes out and just can hit, hit the cover off the ball in that Friday night game. But I really think that it's going to be a tight ball game on Friday. And then I think Vatek actually wins Saturday and goes two and here. Hmm. Um, look at the next one, A&M and Louisville, another good series. Not a great series, though, because I think that it's just kind of a little bit of sloppy ball. Both these teams didn't play great over the regionals. They both won. AM looked good but didn't look great. They just didn't look sharp like I think a lot of teams were hoping for from a national five seed. What do you see coming into this one here? Well, you know, like I said earlier, uh, AM's Achilles heel is their bullpen, and they commit a lot of errors. Yeah. They're feel, they don't feel the ball great. They were – Second to last, just above LSU in fielding percentage in the SEC. Um, so that's where you got to kind of get a lot of that sloppy, you know, they're prone to sloppy baseball at times. Um, but I think at Bluebell Park, I don't see them losing this super regional at Bluebell. The bubbles are going to be everywhere, and that fan base is going to get loud. You're going to hear ball five, ball six, ball seven. You know, the, those fans will get it, get into your head. And uh, I, I just don't, I don't think Louisville has enough to beat Texas A&M at College Station. I'm with you. Um, I, I, I don't think that Louisville has enough, but I also don't know if A&M has enough in the tank as far as defense and pitching. They keep making mistakes. Louisville felt like they're hitting a little bit more. I'm actually, you know what? I'm switching. I'm going to take Louisville in three just because I think that that bullpen for A&M has given up far too many runs and A&M has a Friday night starter, but they really don't have any aces after that. I'm going to take Louisville in three. I think the offense is too much. Uh, are you taking A&M? Yeah, I'm taking A&M in two. I think they sweep, they sweep through the series. Yeah. And they, they absolutely could. That ballpark is great. It's lively when the fans are going, it is going to be nuts there. I just feel like, Louisville's been there, done that. They've been to tournaments. They've won these things. They've gone to Omaha. Uh, this is kind of a new thing for AM and AM fans. I hope that they realize that they're on this stage and where they're at right here and they get excited for it. But I, I think Louisville, I'm giving Louisville's the puncher's chance coming here with the offense. So, okay. The Mississippi game Ole Miss mm-hmm. versus USM. I know on this show seven weeks ago we had to make bold predictions and I took USM to go further than any other Mississippi team. I don't know if they've had enough, but they look great. They looked good beating LSU. Old Miss looked great. What do we got from this series, Alex? You know, you've seen both these teams. Man, this series is gonna be the most fun to watch <laughs> of any of the series. I mean, it's best on best. And it's Two teams from the same state, two fan bases that do not like each other. Yeah. And it's going to be absolutely electric down there at P. Taylor Park. And, um, I mean, ultimately, I think uh, – I so, so Southern Miss and Ole Miss played twice yeah. this year in the midweeks, and they split they split what the up. series. They went one-on-one. Um, but I think – I think – their Southern Miss's pitching is just going to be too much. I think they're going to be able to quiet this lineup down. I mean, um, Hall and Waldrip and Stewart and uh, man, well, I can't think of their third starter's name, but uh, you know, and Dalton Rogers on the back end. You know, they had some guys emerge like Justin Storm. You know, in the uh, in the regional this past weekend. I mean, they just their bullpen is just too deep. Yeah, And when it comes down to this time of year, you know, pitching and defense is what gets you to Omaha. Yeah, and they've been a top five team in both those fielding percentage and pitching and whip and walks and all mm-hmm. the stats that give away free bases. They've done the right things. Uh, I think Hall comes in and he wins that Friday night or Saturday night game. They're playing Saturday night. I think if he can win that game against Ole Miss on Saturday – USM walks through and gets this win. I think if Ole Miss can hit him, Ole Miss is going to feel really good about this weekend going into it. Now, I know that there's a lot of pitching for USM, a lot of stuff. There's nobody hotter on the sticks than Ole Miss right now. They are hitting the ball. That Elko-led team is just ready to go. We talked about it earlier. 
I, I have USM. I'm taking USM. I leaned on them. I said that they're better than every Mississippi team. I can't change that now. I'm sticking with USM to win this series. I think that that ballpark is electric. 6,500 fans just going crazy down there, and they're packing in more than that. There's non-ticketed fans, like you said, sitting outside the outfield fence just waiting for this game. So I know that the people of Mississippi are excited about this. No Mississippi State, but that's okay. These two teams are making up for it this year. So I'm excited. I got USM. Yeah, you got Southern Miss as well? Yeah, I got USM in three. I think Ole Miss will win one. I think they'll win game. I think Southern Miss wins game one behind Tanner Hall. I think Ole Miss comes back in game two. And then I think Southern Miss takes the – I mean, the other thing to not overlook, because at this point it's uh, it's it's a trend, is uh, Mike Bianco has never taken Ole Miss to Omaha. Yeah. I mean, they've been they've been close so many times, and they just can't get over that hump. And, I mean, at this point it, it's a trend. It's a thing. It's, you know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. They've had some really <laughs> good teams – that should have been in Omaha, but they just can't just can't get over that home. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you're thinking this is our best chance to get to Omaha that we've seen in recent history. If he and doesn't do it here, what team can he do it with? You know, exactly. Mm-hmm. They were number one at one point, consensus number one for a week. And then Texas shot up and like, okay, they're better. And then Ole Miss just dropped all the way out and last team in the tournament, but they're hitting again. They're doing the things that made them the number one team. I'd like to see that continue, but I'm taking Southern Miss. I'm I'm, I'm going the Golden Eagles here. I got it. Yeah, I'm dying, I agree. I'm dying that one. Uh, the another good one here is Arkansas at UNC. North Carolina being hot, going through winning the ACC tournament. Arkansas looked like they were going the other direction, and then all of a sudden they come out and they're like, "No, we're we're beating Oklahoma State. We're going to take this regional from Stillwater." Uh, I love Arkansas going down here and beating UNC. I'm taking Arkansas. I'm taking the firepower they have. I'm taking Dave Van Horn. I think that the Fox magic finally stops in UNC with the retirement stuff. Uh, what do you got down there, Alex? Yeah, no, I agree completely. I think Arkansas is the better team. And I think, you know, they're going to – I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to a game three. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Arkansas sweeps it. And I don't really think – UNC uh, just has enough to beat Arkansas in a three-game series. Yeah, I think they got in with pitching and timely hitting in that series. I think uh, Honeycutt's great. I don't think that they have enough offensive firepower to stick with Arkansas, and I think Arkansas is going to come in and hit that ball. I think that they're ready to play. I think they're excited to be there, uh, especially with how bad they played in the SEC tournament. I think those fans are dying for it after losing last year to North Carolina. They're dying to go to Omaha. Uh, and you know, I'm hoping to see them there. So I'm taking Arkansas. I'll be down there for all you Arkansas fans. Remember this, come by and say hi. Uh, but I'm going to Arkansas. Yeah. East ECU and Texas. Now this is one that is perplexing. Uh, I'm going to let you go first, Alex. I don't, I, I, I'll wait for you to go and then I'll talk about this one. Here. <laughs> well, you know, I kind of, you know, kind of gave the bag away earlier, but you know, I think Texas wins this regional. Um, they, you know, I went, I was at, one game of the Austin regional, I went to see Texas, Louisiana tech play. Um, and honestly, I thought Louisiana tech was going to win that game. Uh, and they, Texas just came out and did Texas things. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the same story here against ECU, you know, um, Texas has been there and done that. I mean, ECU has been to several super regionals here recently. Uh, they haven't hosted one in a long time. So be their first one to host one in a long time. Yeah. Um, but and those fans are certainly nuts, but Texas isn't going to care about the fans, they're not going to be intimidated by the environment. Um, and I just think they're the bats are just going to be too much, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm actually taking Texas here as well. I think I think it goes three, it is a Friday night game, so it'll be nice to see that Sunday night. I think that those two teams are going to play. Uh, ECU, great story, you know, losing Wiz and Hunt for the whole season, beginning of the season there. When you lose your ace and then you still come back and you win 18 straight at one point, uh, I think they got all the way up to 20 before they finally lost to Coastal. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a nice story. I don't think that they are better than the firepower that Texas is bringing there. I think Texas out hits them. Uh, I think they win. I think Texas wins Friday behind their guy. Uh, and then I think from there on, it's just Texas is going to cruise and be able to get enough. So I'm taking Texas in the offense. You got Texas in the offense as well. So recap, that means we both have Tennessee beating Notre Dame. 
means we both have Stanford beating UConn. We both have Oregon State over Auburn. We both have Vatek over Oklahoma. I have uh, Louisville and you have A&M. So that's the only one we split on there. And then we both have Arkansas. We both have Texas. Uh, that sets us up for our supers. Got anything else to add today, Alex? Well, if we agree that much, that means we're about to be very, very wrong. <laughs> we're going to be super wrong here. <laughs> um, but we did have one uh, one audience uh, question here. Uh, so how much of a disadvantage is it to teams that start late Saturday? Some teams will be heading to Omaha before Stanford, Oregon State, regional Super Regionals even start. Uh, less rest for Omaha and harder for those late teams to book Omaha. Thoughts? It is tough. So, like, those games there for Stanford and Oregon State starting Saturday, if they have to go three in those series, that means they're not getting done until Monday night. Uh, opening ceremonies is Thursday. So that means you got to bust your butt down there and get down there to the next thing. The thing is, it's it's almost like a normal weekend, except for your one day in advance and then with the pressure being in Omaha. But it is a disadvantage for those Saturday. If they have to go to Monday for either one of those series, that's tough. So you got Stanford, uh, Oregon State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas, all four of those sites, or the, sorry, USM and UNC are the sites. That's tough because they got to play Saturday. If they have to go to Monday, that does cut you down. But that does mean that they're not going to have to play on Friday. They're going to play on this or on the – I believe they don't play Friday. I think they're going to have to play Saturday. But we'll see what happens yeah. with the tournament schedule when it gets released. Uh, but they do have to be down there Thursday. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. I think that it, it gives you a little disadvantage as far as the travel days and everything else. But I think that they're young kids. They're excited to go to Omaha. It won't make that much of a difference when it comes down to the end of it. Yeah, I agree. You know, like you said, they're not actually going to play until the next Saturday. And typically on a week, you know, you're you're going down uh, on a Thursday for a weekend series. You're going to that, you know, wherever it is you're going. Um, so you're going to go on Wednesday, so you only get one more day at home. Or maybe, you know, if you're the road team, you don't go home at all. Yeah. Um, and that can be kind of tough. But like you said, they're, uh, they're college kids. They're 18 to 22. They'll, they'll bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll be ready to go. I think that that'll be a big difference there is that these guys are kids. So they're, they're going to be ready to play. They're going to be excited. So going down for the opening ceremonies on Thursday is always awesome. And excited to see these supers, man. I'm, these are, these are eight great matchups that I'm really excited to watch. Yeah. It should be another great weekend of, uh, of baseball. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll be here Saturday morning to, uh, to talk about, you know, the games Friday night and what to look for on Saturday. And um, so we'll Hit us up uh, with your questions. send us any of your questions to uh, myself or Alex or the weekend rotation or send it over to CWS 247. Let us know your questions in advance. We'd love to answer questions on the show or you can send them to us live like our fans did today. Uh, Alex goes through those for us and he finds all those live fan ones. So. Yeah, well, thanks, uh, thanks, Mark, and uh, thanks everybody for uh, for listening in, and uh, let's go uh, have some fun this weekend, huh? Go Beavs! <laughs>